Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. We've got Anthony Trucks with us here today. I'm so excited to have him with us. I love all of our guests, but Anthony's got a special place in my heart. Just has a heart for helping people, loves to help, and he's got one of the craziest backgrounds of anybody I've ever even heard of, much less somebody that I know. Played in the NFL, got into a foster family, has married to a wife, divorced, married again, like just all of it wrapped up in a nutshell. And then for some reason, he decided to be an American Ninja Warrior, and NFL guys don't do well there, and was able to ring the buzzer and uh, finish that. Like, that's a huge, huge deal, so... Anthony, you, you have got energy. I just appreciate that. I appreciate your heart for helping others. I absolutely love your humble boldness. You've thought through things, taken things to another level, and you, know, you have some, some convictions to you and some things you've worked through compared to being one of those wishy-washy type people that maybe this, maybe that. Like you're not afraid to talk about who you are and what you believe. And at the same time, you're not like a person that judges others and avoids people. Uh, and their ideas and their thoughts. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it greatly. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I, uh, yeah, I, this will be fun. I just, that's who I am. I don't know. I mean, I can't add anything. I don't know what to add. We're just going to start talking and whatever needs to be added to people's hearts will come from the words I say, I guess. But yeah, man, I, uh, I just do me. I, the, the simplest thing I found in life is just I can be me really well. Mm-hmm. So let me do that. And then along that journey, some people will like me and some won't. Not everybody loves Jesus, so it's okay if people don't like me. <laughs> you know, like I just, I kind of do my thing. But at the end of the day, uh, I have to make sure that I've done something that makes me feel as though I did right by my God, did right by my ethics and my morals. And if somebody is in opposition, they're prerogative. But I can't live my life by trying to please those people because nothing comes good of that. So I just do me and, and it works out. That's how I've looked at my life, man. It's been, it's been great so far. Yeah, so times that we've been able to interact and I've, I've heard you various places, that's, you, you already mentioned it right there. It's not that you're beating people over the head with your Christianity, and you've even been in places that wasn't uh, outright Christian, and you've said, hey, I got to step into something here. It's just who I am. Yeah. And you explain the story. You're like, you know, if you're Christian or not, you know, it's okay, but I'm just being me. And the host of that particular one was like, no, do it, man. Like, talk about it. But yeah. you bring that, like, it's just who you are. And uh, often guys aren't as bold as you are. And you're humble about it, but you're willing to talk about it. And I love that. And I think we all need more guys like you. So how are you able to just step into that? Ah, you know, well, a couple of things. One, I don't have to worry about my self-worth coming from the individuals who may or may not like me. Like I have a, a wife that I love that loves me. I've got a solid base of friends. I have great colleagues. So I have my safe places so that if something happens out in the world and I feel like, man, I get attacked, like I can go back to my safety nets. And, and, and God's obviously one of those for sure, right? I don't have a problem talking about it. Now, I'm not a guy that will go out and uh, demean other people because they don't have my same faith. And I find that there's different I think there's different paths for people to get there. Some people's path is to be a pastor and to preach it and, and you know be the person that leads that. I found that for me, I got an interesting way of just being. It's attracting to humans and I don't know what it is. And I'm not saying I'm attractive from an aesthetic standpoint. I am settled inside. 
And so it makes it easier for people to be around me because like I can be in a room with you and I don't have to talk and you don't have to talk. We can just sit there and watch a show and that's, it's peaceful, right? I can tell you things as a stranger that other people won't tell because they're ashamed of something and everything about me is an open book, man. It's just, there's a different sense of me, how I, I am just being. And I think because of that, I don't have any problem sharing the fact that like, I think the way that I work with bringing people into faith is like, I'm a guy that you can be around. And then when you ask like, how are you this way? Like, well, part of it is because I'm a man of faith. So it then drops a seed like, oh, like I, this guy's different. Cause I am like this, you know, six foot one, 240 pound black guy. And most people, you know, it's like, <laughs> I look intimidating if you saw me in a dark alley, but I'm a, I'm a nice guy, but I have a switch. I used to play professional football. So I have this area where like men will listen to me because I, they have that alpha perspective. I played linebacker, not saying I'm an alpha. I'm, I'm easily play beta around very alpha guys. I have no problem, but if I need to, I'm the guy, right? <laughs> I, know to, I know how to play the role and it's more of just being around humans. So because of that, that men will listen to me. So I have a, a space to open up my heart and share. And then women will listen to me because I'm in a very solid relationship. There's no fear of me possibly hitting on them and that awkwardness. It's just straight. If it's a friendship, it's a platonic friendship. I don't have many. They're mostly like work relationships or the church, right? So outside of that, it's like there's no issue with having communication and conversation. I'm not going to be in your DM saying weird things. It's just not who I am. <laughs> right. So it creates this space for people to be drawn in. And in being drawn in, they find that what powers me is faith. And I think it brings people in their own nuance towards it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so strong. And, and I know when I've heard somebody speak like you, it's like, I just want to be drawn in. I want to ask a few more questions. And yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Man, I'm, I'm a vessel. I, it just works. I don't like to have fun. I'm like a loose guy. I am serious when it comes to people. Like I am very serious when it comes to my coaching and very serious when it comes to my speeches. Like those are things I take serious, but I take them with a serious sense of levity because the way you get in, it's not just through barraging people with crazy words and being reprimanding and some people it works, just doesn't work for me. In regular conversation, I'm just, this is who I am, man. This is, I'll go in my house and be like this. I don't turn it on. It, if I get tired, maybe it looks like it's off, but it's not. It's just, I'm tired because I talked all day. But man, that's just a consistent flow. And I believe that's, that's what God made me for, was just to be this guy. I went through my crazy. I've had craziness happen, but I'm not this marred, closed off. Like I'm, I'm the guy that's like, man, it's a pattern interrupt for a lot of people. It's like, I didn't expect this. And so they then will listen. So I just, I find that I have something to say and it's not that I've planned this, but it's like, I'm just saying things from life. So yeah, man, it's just like, I can share the faith, can share myself. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a dad. I have the same problems. I got, my wife wants me to fix things in the backyard, do that stuff. But I'll also get in a stage and, and train Amazon, you know, staff and work with the executives. Like I do it all. And I love all of it because all of it is what God created me to do. <laughs> That's great. The name of the podcast is The Journey of a Christian Dad. Yeah. And I know you've had a journey. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about the Christian dad journey in you and, yeah. you know, that, that side of it? That's just the first time I've had this conversation. We're going to do it though. It must be fun. So when I was a kid, my mom gave, my real mom gave us me and my three siblings away. I was three years old, bounced around, had a lot of craziness happen, ended up with like some really bad people doing some really bad things to us and separated, but just dealing with craziness. And I remember I got brought to a family, which is my family now only black person in all white family. So diversity issues, a lot of craziness there. And then at 16 years old, I was, I was taking these trips to different colleges, like 16, 17 different colleges to essentially like try to go to college. I had worked myself through some really interesting sticking points 
And we were a family that was like, we believe in God, like on Christmas and Easter, you know, like that's kind of like, but never yeah. prayed. It was never, we don't go to church. It's never part of it. I remember like I took a trip to Washington state of all places and I go to Washington state and I meet this guy, uh, Marty, he says, Marty something. My escort, he takes me around places, right? Like my, you know, I don't know what they call him back then. Yeah. It's, it's a recruiting, I don't know, something like he takes me places. <laughs> and you know, closer to that age. Yeah. I was dying to be in this story. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> so he was my, uh, he was my host. I think it was called. So he's taking me around, takes me to a party. Now there was a guy that had got me there in a sense. It was a guy from a neighboring high school back home that was in the off season. We had thrown the ball together. It's like, man, you're great at this. And he told his college coaches about me. They looked at me and I started getting all these college scholarship offers. And so I'm at this party and, and they take me to this room and they like, pick one. It's a bunch of women against the wall. And I was like, oh, now back home, I have this, this girlfriend that I had for a couple of years. And I'm like, I don't know, man, it's not kind of my thing. And the good thing is because of my childhood and stuff, I'm connected to women deeply when they're my primary women, so I don't cheat. But then it was still this weird, like awkward feeling. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere who really doesn't belong at this party. And it's this guy, Chris. And Chris like, hey, you want to get out of here? I'm like, yeah, let's go. So he takes me to the top of this, this stadium. It's Washington State, the Palouse. And we're up in the stadium because he's a quarterback at access to the facilities. And we just sit there in the snow kind of. And he's like, hey, man, like, how's it looking? You know, coming the next year, he says, you know, how's your walk with faith? I was like, ah, oh, well, I really don't have it. He goes, well, you're about to go into a world that has a whole lot of crazy. And if you don't have any kind of foundation, you will get tossed around like a leaf in the wind. Women will come uh -huh. at you, the news, it'll, it'll be a lot. He's like, if you have no grounded base, like you may want to get one. Now, I didn't actually, you know, there's no pray with me, no acceptance. It was just more of a conversation. Cool. Only a year older. He's probably what, uh, at the time, maybe he's 18, 19 year old kid. It's funny as I go home and as I, I land after this trip and I get off out of the flight and I walk out and I walk up to this taxi, it's like a, a burgundy van. And there's this guy standing out there. He's probably like five foot eight, five foot nine, olive skin, you know, dark brown hair that kind of goes to his shoulders. And the dude looks like Jesus. And I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I wish that I had taken a picture or something, but back then you don't. And I, I, I hope people don't think I'm making this up because it's good for the story. The dude looked like Jesus. I, that's the only way I can explain it. And I get in the car and it's first thing he says to me, are you saved? First thing, he didn't say hi. He says, are you saved? I was like, it's funny you asked us. I just got off of, I told him the story. I just got off this thing. He goes, oh, he says, well, do you mind if I kind of share my testimony? So from the San Francisco airport all the way to my house in Antioch, which is probably about a good hour's drive, the guy just tells me his testimony and we're talking back and forth. And we stop at Ashley Court. It's a block before my street. He says, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? Do you accept Jesus Christ in your heart? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we pray. I accepted Christ in my heart, my Lord and Savior. And that became this journey that started out. And that's the beginning of where I, I take it. Because now what happens is I'm this guy who's starting this journey. I don't know what it's like. We're all trying to figure it out. My family's my family. And we're just, it's hectic. We're chaos. We're poor. It's just weird. I get to college and I'm with my high school sweetheart. And let's just say as, as a kid, I didn't do the whole premarital sex pause thing. I just, I, I was a dumb kid. And next thing you know, I'm a sophomore in college and I have a baby coming, which is unique. But here's the thing. When I find this out, at no point in time ever have I been like, oh man, what am I going to do? It was the opposite. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I get to give back to this life in a way that wasn't given to me. Like I get to be a great dad. Wow. So I never had that fear of like, what am I going to do? Can I handle this? I don't know what it was, but the gut of me was like, I got this. Granted, I'm a full-time college student, full-time college <laughs> division one football player at the University of Oregon. We're like ranked in the country. And I have a, a fiance. We had actually been engaged the year before I proposed to her. Fiance was also a full-time student. And we have a baby coming eight hours from any sources of true family support. This is not the ideal situation. We figured it out, man. We, we did it. I mean, I'd be up till sometimes five, six in the morning, get up for seven o'clock for school, practice a whole day. But that's what, it, that's what dads do. I didn't at that point identify as a college athlete with a kid. I identified as a dad who was a college athlete. 
There was a difference wow. there. So my first sense was like, this is who I am. I'm a dad. I'm going to be a dad first. And dude, college for me was fun. I had a little, a little buddy to hang out with and, and he pooped and cried and did all this nutso stuff. Dude's about to turn 16 in like two weeks. It's nuts. And, <laughs> and he's a great kid. He's smart. He's at a phenomenal school. He's just, he's doing well. But that was my journey. And to be totally honest, man, I've had multiple stages of it because what happened is now I'm good, right? Then I go to, I, I think at that time I got pretty close to faith and we were going to church in, in college and it was great. And then I got the NFL and I was still, I didn't even cuss in the NFL. Like I was, it wasn't my thing. And then I got out of the NFL and I came home to the real world and the real world's crazy. And I tore my shoulder, lost my identity. My marriage falls apart. I'm not a present husband or father because I'm trying to build this new identity because I had this massive crisis when football ended. So I'm building this gym and I'm building me and everything falls apart, man. Wife has an affair. Everything falls. It just, just it all got torn down. And I remember like, I didn't want to be here at one point. I was like, if this is life post football, dude, I don't want this. Like, this is not what I'm trying to experience. And I had these kids. We had two more kids. So now I have twins. And dude, I just, the, everything comes tumbling down. I get to the point where like, I'm, I'm this dad. Post football, I have a gym business. I live in a 500 square foot studio apartment with my kids sleeping on a, a twin bed air mattress and I'm on a twin myself. I mean, we're the, we're the bottoms, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Behind my front desk staff's mom's house, you know what I'm saying? Like this is, I was in the little in-law unit. How, yeah. how small is that? I just felt so small. And then, I mean, I would try to make relationships work and I was unfortunately, I pretty much started falling from my faith. So I'm sleeping around, I'm doing the multiple partner thing and it just, it felt bad, man. And to be totally honest, the father journey changed massively. It was 2016, January 1st, 2016. I had gone to, to Russia for a presentation and I'd come back and I'd met some woman out there and we'd had like just a purely lustful, you know, relationship and she'd, she'd flown back. And so she was there for New Year's and again, just physical, couldn't speak English. I couldn't speak Russian. I mean, it just was this whole very icky situation. I remember waking up New Year's Day, I, I couldn't talk to her. I, I remember just looking in the mirror and having this overwhelming sense of just shame. I would never want my daughter to see me like this or to be with a man like me. I would never want my sons to be like me or see me like this. My mom, like she, she had passed away in 2014 from MS. And I was like, this is not the man that she raised. And my God would not let me into his home right now. And it was a massive wake up call and a massive come to Jesus, we'll call it literally. And I started adjusting back to the things that needed to be done at an inherent like core level of what was right and wrong and getting past the pain of the, the divorce and the blame of the divorce and all these things. And man, God grew me massively. He grew my wife too, because the reason we fell apart was because we were just young kids, 16 years old, got together. We didn't know who we were, having kids. It was, it was doomed, right? It's just, unfortunately, <laughs> no faith in the family, no faith in relationship. Her brother gave her a book by Joyce Myers. And the book he gave her, she, he's like a guy that's like a drug addict. Like he didn't, he, he must've got the book from some car he robbed. You know, I don't even know, but right. he gave her the book. And she said it sat on her bedstand for a while. And then she woke up on a Sunday by herself, no kids, no friends, hung over and realized that she's 30 years old and this is not the life she wants to live. This isn't, this isn't right. And she picked the book up and she said she cried and she read and she cried and she read and God found her and opened her heart. She'd always been Catholic and God, God opened her heart. And he started growing her. And so while I was doing my stuff, he was preparing her. So we were, he was doing both of us at the same time. Wow. And then the beginning of that year was tough for both of us. We didn't know. We just were still arguing and bantering. By the end of that year, we had taken it. She had invited me to a trip to get away. She's like, I want to get away from the craziness of our society, our community, take a vacation. We're not together. Just get, get out of here for three weeks. I was like, cool. I, I work at a distance. I coach and everything. So yeah, we go to Costa Rica. And the best way I can explain it is I get to meet someone for the first time that I'd known for 16 years. It was this different woman. 
and it was a strong woman. It was a, it was a, a respect, like from my respect to deep. I'm like, who is this? Where, where'd you put the other person? And, and we, and we found a way to try again. And in trying again, we have a faith-based marriage. We, you know, we, we are at the church consistently. I just drove my pastor to get a, a rototill for his house this morning. Right. I'm, I'm the leader of the, the spiritual base of my household and she's right alongside and, and God meant this marriage and in doing so has allowed me to become the father my daughter can be proud of to where I know that if she gets with a man like me, she'll be with a good man. My boys can aspire to be like me, not only just the way that I, I am as a Christian man, but also as how I show up in this world, how I work hard, how I parent them, right? There's just certain parts of me as a father that it's all encompassing. It's like, it's not just like, I'm a good dad. It's like, am I a good dad to both boys separately? My daughter separately? Am I a good husband? Am I a good business owner? Am I a good coach? Am I a good speaker? How do I do things in the dark that will come to the light? Who am I? And so all these things come together. And a big thing, the big piece is, is as much as I'm a father, I'm also a son. I think that's the main key for me to, to, to make sure everybody's listening to is yes. I am a father, but I'm a hundred percent a son. I have a biological father who's unfortunately passed. I have an adoptive father, but I got a father, father who, when I have my moments of what do I do? Like he's my business partner. Like you know, I have arguments, like I'm with my wife, like he's my buddy. I'm giving a call because it helps me find those special spaces that my brain won't go to because I'm in an emotional state and I'm not thinking. So I read and it opens up doors and it helps my life be better. How does your wife feel about uh, there being somebody above her? Uh, you know, I think in the beginning, before she had come to faith, that, that was the thing where she just, there was never a thing for her. Like, that, I think that's one of the problems with a lot of people who lack the faith and can't comprehend how I am, how I am. Because my decisions I make aren't always based off how I feel. Because to be honest, there's things where I'd be like, I'd feel like not giving this refund right now because this person on paper doesn't get it. But my God says, no, nah, it's the right thing, son. You know, this person, like I've had people like tough spots, can't get COVID hit. Tough spots, I came in. I know we paid a lot for this, but I, I can't afford it right now because I have my money back. Contractually, no. But contractually, yeah, you got it. You know, like, so there's this, this power above us. And I think she gets that and she understands that and helps us stay in a clean space. Cause there's, it's, I'm telling you, having a lack of darkness is priceless. Having a lack of, of the things in the background that you like, what if somebody finds out? Like I can, when you ask, why am I just so out there and humble? And cause there's nothing you're going to find on me that, that come and can say, oh, but look, he's like this. Every message that I have, every email, I, I, I do it clean and it's easy. That's the thing. It's not like I'm fighting. To do it. It's easy for me to just be open because it's all there. And so because of that, like it makes life smoother and simpler and peaceful. It's priceless. My wife is the same thing. We have a lightness to how we live our life. And there's a joy that the two of us both have this person above us that gives us that direction and anchors us when times are tough. So because of that, man, life is, life is good. And that's funny because a lot of people are like the last, like, well, how do you even know God exists? Let's say, let's say that he, let's say he does. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, I'm living right. Let's say he doesn't. At the end of the day, I'm still living right. And that doesn't hurt anybody. I'm happy. The world's good. So whether or not you believe it's of no specific pressure to me, I know there's a, a desire to try to be a disciple. And I do that in my own unique ways. But if you don't believe, I'm not going to be the one to pound you with, over the head with the Bible. Like just watch me live my life and watch what takes place and know that it's not just because of me. How do you feel being being the man, being the dad of the family, being the spiritual leader of the home, and being rooted in Christ? How do you feel that impacts the family? Oh, massively, man. And I'm not perfect. I have my moments where I cuss, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop <laughs> it. Being a bad guy. You know, it's just a different sense of lack of imposter feeling. That's the thing. I think sometimes we as fathers, when things get hard, like there's different levels of expression we have, ways we have to teach our boys and our daughters to live in this world. But if you have something in the background where you're not rooted in, in something, or at least not rooted in Christ, what happens is you have this consistent sense of, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if this is right. What if I'm found out? And so what we do is we, we kind of over 
we overbear in a negative way or a more commanding way or more just kind of a negative energy comes out of us because we got to be the right, we're right. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't have to. If I'm wrong, like the other day, this just happened two nights ago. I had this cup of water. We have two of these glasses, like, like little plastic cups and a glass of water and ice in it. I thought my, I saw a cup on the mantelpiece. I'm like, I didn't put that cup there, but you have the matching cup, which means you're either taking both cups. You took my cup, son. And me and my son had a little argument. Like you took my, I didn't take your cup. Dad, I didn't take it. Yes, you did. Cause that's not my cup over there. This is my cup. I haven't even sat over there. I literally, we're going back and forth. And I'm like, he's like, you think I took your cup? Huh? I was like, yeah, cause it's my cup, right? I'm, I'm weird on my cups. Cause I don't want anybody drinking my water. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm on, I'm having, we're having dinner. I got my foot in the chair. Cause when I'd finished and I stand up cause I need to have a digest. And I'm thinking like, oh wait, earlier when me and Tatum were just home by ourselves, she asked for some seaweed. I sat in that chair. I finished my mangoes, put my cup on the mantelpiece right there. And I left it and forgot it. And so here had a decision. Do I have the, the ability to, do I just hide it? Cause no one's going to know. Nobody would know. Right. Nobody knows. Or I go, mm-hmm. no, that was my cup. And I did. I was like, Hey, that's my cup. Mom goes, Oh, okay. You know, like, and like, she's like that. Good job. Thanks dad. Like, and it's a different energy that they feel because now they see like, this is how you do it. Right. This is how you're, and that's a faith-based thing. That's a that's an internal darkness I don't want to have that I, I don't want to lie to my family. My God will know, right? I will know. My God will know. So my rooting in Christ and my sense of, of integrity and ethics and honor and what is right, that's what drives me. And so they get to see that on display in that kind of moment there. And I think it lends to have them feel respected enough to know that there's a dad who realizes he's not infallible and then realize at the same time, there's not this sense of perfection. There's something greater than me that I serve. That's the right thing to do. Because again, that's the right thing to do. It didn't feel right though. It felt mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to do it. And when you have those battles and you go with what you feel beyond what you know is right, things fall apart. There, there's a guy I was talking to the other day and he was talking about two buckets. So you've got a coaching business. Yeah. And oftentimes in that world and the advice books and all that stuff, often it limits or omits the Bible stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, here's how you live life or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And this guy was talking about how he had two buckets. He didn't understand like Think and Grow Rich was the book he had a problem with mm. biblically. Yeah. Because he had money, money things in his head and stuff like that. And then he's like, over the years, I finally understood that they fit together. Yeah. But the way that I did it as a man, like we do is we stick things in boxes and just yeah. deal with them separately. And he finally understood how to put it together. So through like what you do professionally and those type things, how do you put that together? I don't put together the marketing in front of it. I put it together in how I interact. So my coaching business is not an information only. It's a coaching business. I coach people and, and I will drop nuggets of thoughts of faith. I don't, I don't pray and give scripture to the group because that's just something where some people aren't prepared for it. But if, like my realm of works identity. And there is a deeper spiritual conversation about identity and who God created you to be and what you're supposed to do. And, and I think that we have this amazing plan that we mess up, that we get in the way of. We pile on top of this identity, poor actions with our free will and, and, you know, and, and lustful stuff and bad actions and things that, that are in the dark. And so it's, it's hard to fully be our identity. So there is a piece of it that has a spiritual base and it weaves itself in through conversation. It's not something I will outwardly talk about. Not because there's anything wrong with it. I don't think that there is. Like it, it would fully be fine. And I've considered like maybe being a pastor one day. I was like, no, I don't think that's my direction. And so it is in there. It's just not in there in a very explicit way, but it always works its way in through conversation and what I talk about with my clients. Yeah. So people I've talked to recently, I've heard it over and over and over again. They're like, yeah, you know, all the concepts, all the things I see and read, it goes back to when I filter it down, 
can I find it in the Bible for the truth? Yeah. yeah. And if it's not in there, then it shouldn't be in that, that other world that I'm listening to. The, well, you uh, know, me and my pastor asked this. I, I talked to him. I was like, how do I, you know, the work that I do, how do you see this? Is this something that's bad and wrong? And he's like, no, at the end of the day, God gave you an identity and gave you something you're supposed to do. And he gave you skill sets and stuff to do. This may be his way of getting you to get more people to him. And so that's kind of the thing that I think for me. And so the, the structure and, and aspects and exercise, it's hard. Like the Bible tells you ways to look at things and live your life, but it's not like definitive exercise, like go and do this, go and write this. So a lot of the things that I do, like they are based in a sense of becoming this person. A lot of it's exercises based on what do you want to do? What are you called to do? What do you feel is your thing? And so in that sense, it does tie to more of a, a biblical feel and what's right and what's wrong in those moments. So there is a tie to it, I guess, but it's not that a definitive, like I don't consciously think of tying it, but it's, it's inherently there, I think. Yeah. A couple of things. What would you like to talk about and share with Christian dads? Like, I just want to open this up to you. Yeah. I got like two minutes. So like, here's my thoughts. What I would do as a Christian father is, is one, be in the word, but here's the thing. You don't have to go and prepare in the, in the darkness and then come back out and prevail. And, you know, like all of a sudden re reveal yourself. Sorry, reveals like, I'm this new Christian guy. Do with your family, man. Get it. We have a, a, a our day, we have a, like a Bible Bible. We have like a study Bible when it's for like the kids. So at dinner time, after we're done, I pop it open, read a little chapter. It's like maybe two or three pages, but it tells the simple concepts, gives you some questions. And it's something that we all do together. Now it's not going to be fully like the Bible, but it's like, it's enough for you to get a sense of it. Lead that way. And then here's a the cool thing. The more you do something, the more it becomes who you are to do it and talk about it. But unless you do that work in the dark, you're never going to feel comfortable. So do it with the people in your family that at the end of the day, like they're going to be part of this journey with you and have a discussion, be transparent, be open. So start it by just starting somewhere. And it starts, you can do it five minutes a night after dinner. If you don't eat at the table, start at the table, dang it. Get your family together, everybody at the table and, and read this Bible. It's going to feel weird. Yes, but after a while, do it for like a couple of weeks and then a couple of months. It'll feel weird if you guys don't do it. And that's the space you're at. We've been, I mean, ever since we've been a family, we've been doing it and it would feel super awkward. I notice it when we don't eat the table. It feels weird. I don't like it now. But growing up, we never did. And it felt weird when we first started doing it. That's all. It's a matter of building the habits by taking those actions. Oh, that's a home run. I always like to finish out with a challenge and boom, you did it. Like, boom, got it. I love that one. I love that one. Have dinner with your family. Talk about the Bible with your family. Yeah. Don't do it in the dark. Do it in the light. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, just get started. Get started. I found when we as the, the men of the family, as the leaders, step into that and do it openly, the family follows. It always does, man. You're the leader. They'll follow you. The family follows. Well, God bless you, Anthony. I appreciate well. you so, so much. Hope to have you back on sometime. And I look forward to you sending people to this podcast, but also they should check out your Aw Shift podcast as well and check out your Instagram as well, because uh, you've got some great stuff on the Aw Shift podcast. Thank you, man. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. I get to talk to cool people like yourself sometimes too, man. But yeah, it's a blast, guys. Take care and God bless you all. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey, 
and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.